Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. You can tell by tonight's workshop, uh, worksheet that I've been in the garden again. Amen? And I wish I could say I was in the garden like Kim Clement, who had spent hours with God in his beautiful rose garden and all, but God has me in a vegetable garden <laughs> with bugs. So, so Tuesday night, we've been looking at two different um, things the Bible talks about to help us to grow in understanding prophetically how God wants us to mature. And one thing we've been looking at is running the race. And so there's worksheets on that. And the other thing we've been looking at is um, like God considers us like a garden. So we get pruned and, and all these other things. So the garden has been going along really good because I did all the work up front and all this. Well, all of a sudden, this week, the crazy bugs are out. And they like destroyed the kale. I don't like kale a whole lot. So instead of trying to kill all these little worm bugs everywhere, I just took all the kale and threw it away and, and got rid of and it sat there and picked out the little green wiggly things. Um, and I've, I planted 18 new things that are inside the house now till they get strong enough to handle the heat. So it's really pretty interesting prophetically when you look at how this stuff really works and you relate that to us and our walk with God. So after I saw the bugs, I went and watched some videos to learn what to do with all these bugs. And um, because I like squash, and I like tomatoes, and I like lettuce, and I kind of like green peppers, okay? You know what I'm saying? Like these things I put a lot of time and energy into, and I don't want to go out and see them all ruined in a day. So we need to pray for our farmers. You know what I'm saying? This is not that easy of stuff. So, so I'm going to tell you what I did. I ran out and I put seven. If you, it's S-E-V-I-N. And I'm, I'm not highly recommending anything. I'm just telling you what I did. Because seven kills those bugs on contact and kills their, their um, eggs. But while I'm watching videos, it tells you why not to use seven. Because seven kills the good bugs. Now, I never really paid attention to this before. I'm sure I learned it in school. But bumblebees have to pollinate the flowers before they become fruit. I know I heard that, but I never kind of understood it. I'm not saying I really still understand it, but whatever. So I've had all these bumblebees, which has been a very good bumblebee year, till I put seven on and I walked, I saw a dead bumblebee and I thought, oh no, I then killed a bumblebee. So then I heard you have to have bumblebees or you will not have fruit. You can save your plants. So I'm looking at all this going, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? So then he began to give me a prophetic message for you guys and how this relates to us maturing in the Lord. So your worksheets. All right. So 
when good fruit begins to come forth in your life, the bugs or the devils are going to try and destroy the fruit. The first thing that shows up on a plant that there's going to be fruit for most plants is a usually yellow blossom. And it's kind of prophetic, isn't it? Once we walk with the Lord and we're born again and we've been matured some and we've really grown in the things of God and we're starting to have the character of Christ, amen, we blossom. That's when people recognize there's something about you that's different. You know, and, and it starts to get the attention of people around you. Amen? Well, in the garden, which God does everything prophetically, in the garden, the bumblebees see that plant, and that's when they are drawn supernatural or naturally by God. But how supernatural is the natural, amen? That God made them know which things to go to. So the bumblebees come, and I don't know, they just walk around with pollen on their feet or something. I don't know how it works. But I know the bee has to get in the flower. Now, if you have a pretty flower, but fruit never comes and the flower just falls off, it's because a bee never got to it. Okay, so I'm asking the Lord, so what is this? Because everybody, there's people watching at home. There are people who don't come to church anymore. And the 2020 mess has made them the ones who love to isolate and like to be by themselves and don't want to deal with people, they've kind of come to the wrong new normal. Amen? An unbiblical new normal. The Bible says, Do not forsake the fellowshipping together of the believers, as will be many in the last days. Does everybody know we're in the last days? We began the last days in 19, was it 47, when the Jews came back to, to um, Israel. 48, okay. And then when Jerusalem, uh, when they became a nation again, I think it was 67 or something, that was, no question about it, the beginning of the end of the church age and the beginning of the days of sorrow and the end times. Okay, that's a prophetic once in world history time that's happened. So, so don't think we're not in the last days. We've been in the last days. We are now in the, the time of sorrow or birth pains when it's getting closer and closer to the wrath of the Lord being poured out, but also the awesome return of Christ and the bride coming forth. Amen? This should be the most fruitful time in church history. And the enemy's doing everything he can to make sure we're not fruitful. So when the Lord showed me about the bumblebee in the garden... The bumblebee represents the fivefold ministry that actually operates in your life and lays hands on you and, and ministers to you in person. If there's no bumblebee, you can have a blossom, but you'll have no fruit. If there's no fivefold ministry personally knowing you by name and pouring into your life and able to lay hands on you with the anointing, then you will not have fruit. You can sit home being unbiblical and watch everything and have tons of hidden knowledge. You can even have an okay relationship with God. You could also go into delusion and think you have a better relationship with God than you do. Can I get an amen? Because he's made us a body. And I was talking to someone who, who you know, about this. And 
Okay, what part of your body, because he also calls us a body, right? Everything God makes is prophetic. If we're called his body, okay, so as, as a body, what part of your body can you cut off and put separate from you and it still live? Nothing. Nothing. So for those who cut themselves off from the body of Christ, there is no real life in you. There's no real life in you. It's impossible to have the kind of life in Christ cut off or separated from the body. Amen? And actually, what the Holy Spirit is doing now more than ever is bringing the body together. A lot of this shaking that's going on is to bring the body together. Look how much the enemy tried to separate the body. He, this devil knows if I could take each believer and isolate them and each believer and put them in their own little place and make them happy watching everything on social media, then, then, he's, then he's been able to make the body basically dead. There's not going to be the bride of Christ if there's not even a body being matured. Amen? And so the Lord's showing me all these wild things with bugs. I think he's so fun. <laughs> you know, I'm like, Lord. And okay, so I'm not by any means a professional gardener or even trying to be a professional gardener. I'm almost impressed that I'm even interested this long and that anything is living. And um, he showed a little picture of my, <laughs> my fruit, my little basket um, that was on Facebook. And uh, that's just the beginning because when I do stuff, I go big, so... We got lots of tomato plants and all. I also put more stuff in one little area than you'd ever see in your life. I didn't do the normal. You know me. I'm going to get the most from my space. You just got to put down more fertilizer and do all this. But anyhow. But so the Lord is so funny because I was just talking to some people this week about staying away from church and, and that, it, that they think it's okay. They Really, truthfully, you get offended. And then instead of dealing with that offense and talking to somebody about it, you just decide, if you're the t isolating type, if that's what you've always done, if that's your way of hiding from conflict. Satan's had a heyday with this 2020 year of making you somebody to just go and be a recluse. Okay, So I want you to get that. He calls us a body. If you are separated from his body, there's no life in you. Amen? Right? He doesn't call you a body and it not work the way a body works. All right, and so when I'm seeing this little bee, and I was sad when I saw a little dead little bee, I realized that putting the powder on the pesticide was, is not the best answer. At the same time, at sometimes it's the only answer because it's too late to use the normal, the oil. So I'll go back to prevent this you actually, they recommend that you put this neem oil on all the leaves of your plants, which is a time-consuming thing, and the stuff kind of stinks, not terrible. But what it does is that oil causes the bad bugs to not want to get near those leaves. And what a bug does is it lands on leaves, it either eats through the leaves or lays eggs. And then when those eggs hatch, it destroys the plants. Okay. So why is she telling us about gardening? Because this is the prophetic thing God has me walking through. Because sometimes you hear all the spiritual 
jargon and it doesn't really connect with you as much. Jesus used parables and related things all the time to things. He created the whole earth to reveal this stuff, you guys. He's amazing. So, so I was praying. So what's the nim oil? Nim oil. It's the Holy Spirit. You actually have to rub every part of that plant and the leaves with that oil. So if you don't want your fruitfulness to be stopped or sidetracked by the enemy, you've got to live in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that cool that those go together? But how many of us know that most of us don't live there? If we do, we don't live there all the time. Amen? And so what would the seven pesticide be equivalent to for us? It's going after professional help. Medical help. Counseling that's not Holy Spirit-led. Um, financial help. You get what I'm saying? Now, the seven, the pesticide is needed if once it starts, if you haven't been in the Holy Spirit. Or if you haven't, if you didn't get that oil on those leaves in time, the only way to stop this from destroying things, because like overnight, it destroyed my kale. And so I went and put seven on, because seven, they, they touch that, they're gone. You see little dead bugs around, amen? And their eggs, it just, they can't reproduce in that. So it's a good thing, but it's not the best thing, amen? So we said, well, how, how would professional help not be the best thing? Has anybody ever read the warnings on your medicines? Has anybody seen those great commercials? La, da, da, da. You know, you're, you're fighting headaches. It says, can cause serious side effects, heart attack, stroke. I'm not, you're just fighting a headache. Because they got cute music, you're risking heart attacks and strokes and, and uh, cancer and all this other kind of stuff. Ah, da, 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 da. Oh, I can be active every day of the month now because I take this medicine. I could have a risk of heart strokes, strokes, heart Okay, we don't even pay attention to it, do we? People aren't paying attention to it with this um, worldwide push towards, um, let's just say, giving you a boost. Amen? Because we have been programmed not to listen to the warnings. Because that industry would fall apart if everybody listened to the warnings. How many know that if you really need chemotherapy, then you need to take it in faith, in prayer, and you need to combine that professional advice with true spiritual ministry, right? But wouldn't it have been awesome to have been so in the anointing and so in such a place that God would lead you and you didn't have to go the pesticide, quote, route? Now, this isn't to judge. Come on, everybody, very few people, including myself, and also big names in the body of Christ, are walking in such a strong anointing like John G. Lake and different people that they, that they never, ever use the professional help. Right? 
But how many know God's perfect will is that we don't need the professional help, that we live in that hidden place in Christ and the anointing? And how many realize as we're entering to this end time age, we're going to have to begin to know we might not have the option. Other nations don't have the option. When I get all these requests for money to feed and people in India and all, you know, the people in India who are really poor, they had better learn how to multiply that food. They need to study those scriptures where Jesus multiplied the food until it's their normal. I mean, I'm just saying, and one day if we need that, we're going to need, you need to see what God has poured out for us in the word that we need. So if you live in a different culture and there's not abundance of food, instead of so focused on trying to get other people to give you money, which is, that's fine, God blesses, but nobody can take care of the needs of the whole world but God. So if we get away from the professional help and go after his word and what is his biblical remedy, right, is to be so of the anointing and so believing for food to increase that you never have to worry about it again. Amen? The same thing with that. I'm telling you, when I talk to these people, and they're watching, they're going to be watching, and these other nations, it's like, stand up and pray this, this, this uh, flu out of your country and make this thing stop. Oh, how many know we've done that in America? This, this is like backfiring all over the people who are trying to destroy this nation with this thing. Amen? And it's being exposed. But you can say what you want. It's been real prayer. The people who are led by Holy Spirit who show up and intercede and have scripture and he shows them things and he shows them how to pray and the, nobody's even thinking these things except God. Amen? And then those who will give their time and their energy and seek the Lord to be a part of that, aren't you amazed when you watch these headlines and everything exactly we've prayed is coming to pass? It's amazing. Things you think you're kind of like, are you really all there when you're praying some of this stuff? Like, why would you think that? We have to begin to be a people who trust the things of the Spirit more than we trust the things of the professionals. How many of the professional media right now is full of lies? Amen? How many know the professional politicians, both sides of the aisle, are full of lies? Amen? How many know we can't trust anything out there right now? Amen? The medical community, almost nothing. But we can trust God. So we've got to have ears to hear and, and, and the real eyes to see what is he doing? What is he saying? Amen? And not get our eyes on humans as if they're all right or prophets, but get our eyes on, does this say yea in my spirit? Is the discerning gift of the Holy Spirit inside of me going, yes, yes, listen to this. Yes, yes, listen to this. Because some people are just following people because they want to hear preaching and they're not prepared for anything. You know, we have to be at a place where whatever we have to go through, we're going to walk through, but God's going to lead us. Amen? And he's going to take us, and he's going to take care of us. Amen? And he's awesome. We, how many know we're in the shaking, and we had better get spiritual? Amen? We're in the shaking, and we better get spiritual. So we want to depend on not the pesticides. We want to get to a place to depend on the oil of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen? The anointing of the Holy Spirit. And so when we look at this gardening parable, which is kind of funny, that God's giving me. Um, 
It's amazing how quickly these pests can come and attack. All right. Now, tonight I want you to think about some of the bugs that are attacking you, demons. It was funny, I was just having a casual conversation with my sister while driving here today. And I started mentioning the different bugs in the garden. And some of them are really funny in the sense of prophetically when you see. For example, there's this one bug. I think it's caught a, it looks like a stinking bug, but it's like a squash bug. And, and he's, um, now I don't want to touch bugs, okay? So like, so I got these little, you know those, you know those things you turn papers with? You know, like the little thimble things? Yeah, I got those, because then when I squeeze bugs, it ain't my hands touching them. It's like, and you can scrape the eggs off and stuff. All right, saw that on YouTube too, all right? I watch more, I watch this biblical thing, then I watch a gardening show, then I watch a biblical thing, and I watch a gardening show, then I watch a news thing, and then I watch a biblical thing, teaching thing, then I watch, it's, somebody goes, what is this woman doing? Anyway. And as I'm watching the gardening things, I'm learning, but I'm also seeing things that connect with the spiritual. It's really wild. How many, how many want an adventure in God and not just a boring, uh, you know, he, what, you, what he puts on your heart to do, do it. And watch him take you into adventures you've never been on before and things you enjoy doing. And don't worry about other people thinking you're nuts. Amen. And, and don't garden if you're trying to save money, just so you know. <laughs> and it should help you to really pray for farmers, okay? I mean, I'm right in an area that if it's going to fail, where I'm at is where it would fail. Between the deer and all the pests, which I took care of that, and now these little critters. You can't keep the bugs out or you keep the bees out. If you keep the bees out, there's no fruitfulness. Last year, I didn't know any of this. Last year, I just threw some squash and some dirt and thought I'd have it work. And my squash looked nice. It never, ever, ever got up a single plant. Well, now I realize, oh, I put all that bug spray and stuff on it so that it never got, uh, a bumblebee never liked it. And I didn't get a single plant. I had a nice big squash, green with leaves, very tropical looking, <laughs> but not a single squash. But if something comes, so let me give you these bugs, because these are pretty funny when you look at the prophetic about demonic activity. So this one bug, there's different ones, I don't know their names. This one bug, he goes after squash. And he usually, he usually lays from last year's dirt or whatever. And he comes up and he likes his best if he can get, lay eggs right at the bottom of the squash plant. When they hatch, he, he does, what he does, it causes a little hole. They actually get in the plant. The plant looks great. Life looks good. The next day or day or two later, you come out and it's dead. Because that little sucker, its lava got in there, became worms, and eat from the inside out. And all of a sudden, there's nothing left to happen, no nutrition for the plant, and it's dead. You're like, what happened? So, because, and then, because that lays a lot of eggs, they're going to come back worse the next year if you don't really somehow do something to destroy it. So what's that? A generational curse. It's a generational curse that gets in, and it gets worse generation after generation, and it eats you from the inside out. 
that amazing? Things can be this prophetic. So we have to bring the Holy Spirit anointing to the last generation's issues. So that those worms, those do not get in and destroy us and then make it worse for our kids. So we really need, as we're doing this whole idea of we're going to grow and we're going to mature, we're going to really get serious about studying some of the things that God has given people revelation on, such as generational curses. What is it that Satan has already planted in your family line to try to stop you from being fruitful? You can write these on your things. Because these are the things you need to talk to God about. These are the things in your group to, to share. Is it a generational curse of sickness? Is it a generational curse of, you know, there's diabetes that's generational. There's um, what they tried to say my son had was supposed to be generational. And the doctors wanted me to take this long test. And my, I, I refused. Made everybody upset at NIH. And it was a wild time. I'm not even getting that story. Oh, my gosh. And because I wouldn't take it, isn't it amazing that they decided my husband was the one who was a carrier of this? And nobody in his entire family ever had anything like it. He took it because he thought for sure it was going to be my family lying. I'm not taking it. Why are you not taking it? Because the blood of Christ covers my family line, and I know my daddy doesn't have any curses. So I'm not taking it. And it wasn't going to make any difference, to be honest. It was just for medical science and something somebody could make a disease and name it after himself, to be really honest. I won't get the whole story. But, but here's the thing. We need to really stop it. Insanity, mental illness, is a generational curse. It's a demon that comes in to destroy your fruitfulness. So I want you, there's a, there's a part on the worksheet. What are the bads trying to destroy your harvest? What things are attacking you in the spirit? And those are things you can really say, okay, first of all, look at what, look at what hasn't shown up yet. Because that's something you can go in and stop. Amen? In the anointing, led by God, the blood of Christ. Amen? But if it's already there, then the bad bug got you. <laughs> and you need seven. What does that mean? It means you need professional help while you're growing in your walk with God. Amen? If it's got you, don't pretend it hasn't got you. There's a lot of Christians who die prematurely from treatable things because they walk in pretended faith. If I've got the anointing and I'm anointed and I'm having that relationship with God, that anointing is going to keep that away from me. This isn't about judging anybody. Tim's given much, much is required. There's so many spiritual laws. We've got to get out of baby school of thinking, well, you're saying... Of course I'm saying, if the devil's attacking you, he has a reason and an authority to attack you. Okay? Amen? What, what are we? We're not the who's who and can't be, who can't be attacked. Doesn't it say when you're fruitful, 
when you're, fruit, when you're about to really have a lot of fruitfulness or you have fruitfulness, the enemy's going to attack. He's really going to try to attack. That's the only time they show up in the garden. These pests show up in the garden when those blooms show up. Amen? And so we need to realize, okay, the Lord calls us a garden. He gives us the whole thing about planting. He gives us the whole thing about being good dirt. I mean, God really uses these terms a lot if you get all the different... He doesn't ever waste his time in what he writes in his word. Amen? He wants you to really study it and understand it um, so that you can get what he's trying to tell you. Is it? He talks to us so many ways. Amen? He talks to us so many ways. So one of the things you should look for, first of all, don't you want to bust off those generational curses so your children don't have to go through that? When I, when I was at the NIH thing and they tried to make me sign papers saying that my son had this particular autoimmune issue, I wouldn't sign them. Everybody was on my case. It was almost, it was demonic how much they wanted me to sign these papers. And so I told my husband, I said, you don't understand, you, you know, you do what you feel God's having you do to help our son. But for me, if I sign those papers, I'm actually agreeing that we have a generational curse in our family that I don't believe we have. And then my grandchildren are going to have to deal with that. My kids are going to have to deal with that when they have children. And I just know God told me it's not true. And they can never prove it to be true. They actually lied to us. And, and said the test had come back. And the Holy Spirit, I love God. People, we need to talk with God, and we need to walk with God, and we need to be, I really believe by my listening to God and obeying God and, and being bold to a medical community that was very intimidating, I really believe with all my heart, Holy Spirit used that to stop a generational curse from coming into our family line that my sons would have to deal with and all my grandchildren. And even my nieces and nephews and their children from whatever side of the family they decided this was coming from. Isn't that amazing? And that doctor said, write to me. The Lord told me. The Lord told me this. He said, they're going to tell you your son has this. You tell them to test our name. And I'm sitting there in a very intimidating situation and a doctor, a professional, who has an agenda, says to me, well, he has it, the tests are in. And I said, excuse me? The tests aren't in. And he's like, are you, are you saying that? I don't know. I said, I know this, the tests are not in. And the doctor assistant beside him, Holy Spirit got a hold of her, and she said, doctor... Strauss, I think his name was, the test aren't in. Well, we never saw her again. And, and I'm just going to say this amazing story. I have to write this one down one day. The Lord had me go back. My son went back for a little bit. And God had me write that doctor note. And I told him his life story. I told him how he was picked on as a child, how he was made fun of, and how he was trying to prove something about himself by trying to get a disease named after him. And I told him, we're not here because we need your help. 
We're here because you need Jesus Christ and you need to make him Lord of your life and he loves you. I'm telling you all the truth. I, I go in with this card I wrote and, um, and, and um, I hadn't been going. My husband was taking my son without me. Um, and, I, and I walk in and um, I said, Lord, I don't know how to get this to him. And his main nurse came out and my son knew who it was and said, oh, that's, that's Dr. Strauss, I think was the name, nurse. And so I go over to her and I said, oh, um, could you give this to the doctor? And I just want to give him this card because I do appreciate all he's tried to do because I did put him there. And she goes, I'll make sure he gets it. Do you know between then and the next visit a month later, he died of a brain tumor? But maybe he got saved. Maybe he read that card and what Satan meant for evil, God saved that man. So wouldn't it be cool if he's cheering me on right now? I have a feeling after reading a letter like that and then finding out you have a brain tumor, it might bust through all that bitterness and thinking you're God. See, this is a real journey, guys. This is a real journey. Now, they did some good things because my son needed medications for a while that were extremely expensive. So they started paying for them. I'm talking like in the like $900 a month kind of expensive. That was our part. <laughs> and now they started paying for him because now he's in their system. And so, and God was teaching me because I yielded and I said, okay, Holy Spirit, teach me. How do I see my son healed? And I persevered and, and I walked beyond pretended faith into enduring faith. Amen. And watch my son be healed of what these enemies was attacking us with. All right? This is a real journey. These are real demons. They're not cute little things. And they really want to take us out. They definitely want to stop our fruitfulness. And so we need to recognize, because God has related us to the whole idea of a seed planted and we're his seed that he plants and and we take his word, and then we have the oil, all this stuff in this whole series. Get, go listen to the whole series. But then we got to realize, as soon as it looks really good, and we look very fruitful, don't be shocked if all of a sudden you don't get attacked. Because Satan wants to stop you from being fruitful. Does everybody believe that? He wants to stop you from being fruitful. And as soon as people start paying attention to your walk and they start thinking, the enemy's going to do everything he probably can to try to shut you up. So we need to run to God. But I think it would be awesome to let God deal with our heart issues. Amen? As part of us being anointed. As part of us walking with him. Lord, show me these things. Teach me these things. Do these things. Teach me your ways of the kingdom. Let me walk with you. Help me understand these things. Amen? Um, so that, that's one bug. Um, there are other bugs. There's um, some bugs you got to squish. <laughs> the only way to kill them. And they eat slow. One thing about all the bugs that I learned about with this whole thing when those bugs lay eggs, the next generation is your worst problem. 
and you have to kill them all. You have to get there and find all the eggs, the little eggs, on the, and you have to destroy them. Amen? So we need to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, show us anything that the enemy has planted in us. Show us anything that he has set up as a... The Bible says to know the schemes of the enemy. How many, do you all ever ask God, Lord, show me the schemes of the enemy? I ask him that about our nation all the time. Lord, show me the schemes of the enemy. Show me the schemes of the enemy uh, against my family. Amen. Show me the schemes of the enemy against beauty flashes. Show me the schemes of the enemy. We're to know the schemes of the enemy. I don't focus on the schemes of the enemy, but I want to be informed. Amen. Instead of blindsided. Amen. Actually, right now, I'm just, I think some of us like to be blindsided because we think if we don't see it, it doesn't exist. So I'm going to do a prayer for myself too. I'm always like, well, Lord, just don't tell me about it, but when he gets your help. How about, Lord, show me about it so we can prevent it? So, Father, right now we come before you, Lord, and we want all the ways that we've handled things in the flesh. Whether it's isolating, running away, Pretended faith. Just hoping nothing bad can happen. Well, right now we come before you and we want to be the people who know the schemes of the enemy. Wow. We want to be people that you can enlighten with the revelation of what the enemy's up to. So, Lord, we can be led by your spirit to stop him to destroy what he's up to. Lord, even as we watched you do this intercession in this ministry for 2020 and 2021, Lord, we now want that in our own lives. Ho! If you want that, if you want God to give you revelation to stop and destroy the works of the enemy, to see him coming and get him canceled, I just want you to say amen. Whoa! <laughs> so Lord, we're not going to Look the other way. We're not going to, we're going to face, Lord, we are going to put on your armor and we are going to face the enemy head on. And he's going to lose. He's just going to lose. No more of this being blindsided. No more of this just hoping bad things don't happen. No more of this, Lord, we are going to walk with you right into battle. And we're going to destroy the plans of the enemy. By your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, even as I'm saying this and thinking this, and I think that's one thing I always say, well, Lord, just don't tell me ahead of time. Just get me through it. But now my, I've changed. I just, I broke the power of that. Lord, show me ahead of time and let's go and destroy it. Let's not let it even get its foot in the door. Amen? Let's not let it get any, for, you know, how many people in this room, I know you've been blindsided by things the enemy did. And by the time you saw what was going on, it was too late. It's never really too late, but it's a lot more difficult. You couldn't find your seven, amen. <laughs> You're going to kill too many good things <laughs> to try to kill the bad things. Amen. And so it's like, Lord, help. So today, I want to see, amen. I want eyes to see what God wants to show me. I'm not going to focus on what the enemy could be up to. I'm just going to walk with God. And I'm going to fight whatever he shows me the enemy's up to. I'm not going to live in this place of being blindsided anymore. Amen? By his grace. 
not just for our nation, but for this church and for my own family, for my own wife. So we're going to get in groups in a few minutes. Um, does anybody have any questions about these pests and how they're going to attack or try to attack when they see fruit forming, when they see blooms? The blooms come before the fruit. And I think one of the big things the Lord put on my heart, people need to get themselves back in church. Amen? I'm talking to you. Who's ever watching this forever, get involved in a church. Get rid of your excuses. It doesn't matter. God can take care of you. Don't think he's isolating you and having you away from the church for some special reason. It's not true. Amen? And, and so it's like, well, I don't want to go to church because, you know, why? Deal with it. Face it. Go at it. Amen? Just deal with it. And I'm not talking about deal with them. Deal with you. Deal with you. Why does that bother you? I, I um, went through something recently, and I was talking to somebody who I think this kind of helped. And um, how, how many? Can we get so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that we can tell? One thing about the teaching that Beauty Frash is, you know you're supposed to look at you and not everybody else. Amen. If you've been, you know that. How many know you don't hear that a lot of places? Like, why is this bothering me? And you try to change everybody else and close everybody else down and run away if you can't. If I can't change them, I'm running away. Why don't you just stay there and shine? Amen? Yeah, where are you going to run to? To the next place that you get offended? And keep on and on and keep blaming everybody else? Amen? Say, like, okay, Lord, show me me. So I had this situation with a, a neighbor at my beach house. And I've talked about this some, but other people around me recently experiencing the joy together. <laughs> Count it all joy. And it was and and it was the enemy was trying to get me to be to to make this other person seem vile, that neighbor with the problem. And I'm telling you, I fought this thing the whole the whole time. Like I was glad they weren't there, or I didn't want to talk to them, and I was hoping they didn't talk to me and all these kind of things. But you know what? In grace, I shouldn't even be thinking about that person, right? And one of the things that got me, that God, that was stirring, that God wanted to do with inside of me, was when I did some things led by the Holy Spirit to to make sure that the guests who came to my house weren't partying late in the night and weren't disturbing neighbors. Um, and I did it because I sought the Lord for wisdom. And he, he gave me some really great ideas how to do it. And it really solved a problem that I didn't even know existed. Amen? And, but the enemy would try to make me feel like I was submitting to the wrong spirit on the neighbor. In other words, well, you did that because the neighbor yelled at you. Well, the truth is, the neighbor yelling at me is wrong. There's no reason for him to cuss and scream and yell. But that's between him and God. So I forgive him for that because he doesn't know and I pray for him. Amen? But it did bring to my attention um, a need to pray and ask God, well, what do I do, Lord? What's the answer for this to work for everybody? Amen? And God gave me, I mean, the night I got called and cussed out at 2 in the morning. I'm thinking, God, I thought this was handled. What, what do I do? 
I'm the Lord, just turn me on the internet to this monitor that's non-invasive monitor that I can actually tell if somebody's out loud in the hot tub in the middle of the night without hearing them or seeing them because I don't want to hear them and I don't want to see them. Amen? But I can tell it just shows the monitor, just shows those little loud stripes like a, a sound system that, the, that somebody's out there. So now I can just call them and ask them, hey. So I close the hot tub after 10 so that neighbors don't have to know what's going on. I don't want stuff going on in my hot tub after 10, to be quite honest. <laughs> Amen? And I just prayed about it, but I saw what hotels do, and I saw what other recreational places do, and I thought, well, I'll just do what they do. But the Lord led me right to uh, a monitor that Airbnb recommends where you can tell if there's parties going on at your house without being invasive. So I thought that was pretty cool. Well, I would have never even thought there was a problem except for the devil and the neighbor called and screamed and yelled at me. But the problem came with rebellion that I don't, I, like, the thinking was, well, if I now, now they're taking credit that my house is now having no parties at it. You know what I'm saying? And the Lord says to me, well, that's their problem. That's their problem. What do you care what they're thinking? And then that's my problem. Why do I care? Because pride does not want to have somebody else think they're right when they weren't right. Amen? Amen? So I've talked to people who won't go back to church. And this isn't the person who's listening thinking I'm talking about them. This is somebody else. And I know it's because somebody offended them. And now if they come back to church, they're thinking, it's be what will that person think? That person will think that I'm coming back because they said I should be there. Well, number one, what does God say? Be where he wants you to be. Period. Period. Be where he wants you to be when he wants you to be there. And, and you can't get into that pride of, well, they think I'm doing this because of them. Who cares why you're doing it? If it's God, it's God. Amen. That's all I can say. Lord, did you know I'm the one who gave you the monitor information? I'm the one who, who wants this to be a house without wild parties. I did this. So don't let what somebody else might be thinking try to influence you and, and steal the joy. Does anybody get what I'm saying? Okay. And, and I realize this is, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out, Lord, what exactly is that? And the Lord's like, it's kind of pride. What do you care if they take the credit for what God's doing in your life? Then I said, well, thank you, Lord. I count it joy that the devil and them went berserk to make me see something needed to be done. Because I was really blind to there being a problem. But God, you solved the problem, not intimidation. You solved the problem, not somebody cussing and acting crazy. So I pray for them because they've got to deal with that. Amen? But here, here's the thing. Don't let someone else taking credit for what you're doing 
cause you to quit doing what God's causing you to do. Does that make sense? Amen. And I think people needed to hear that. Because who cares if they were walking in the wrong spirit and it still got you to seek God and you got wisdom from God and you're obeying God, then praise God. Amen. If they were operating in the wrong spirit, that's between them and God. If you're offended, go to them. But otherwise, just get on with it. Just, Lord, I forgive them. They didn't know what they were doing. But even if the devil's got to yell at you through somebody to get you to seek God, if you need to seek God about it, isn't it worth it? And it's a count it all joy. Count it all joy. Get past the prideful thing. Well, you know, my husband wanted me. Oh, my wife. Who cares? What does God say? Who orders your steps? This one's Who orders your steps? So when we're on this race, because we're talking about a race too, the only time you're in the race is when God's ordering your steps. That's the only time you're in the race. You're not in the race if another person, even with good intentions or bad intentions, are ordering your steps. You're only in the race God has you in when he's ordering your steps. But somebody with good intentions or bad intentions could be on the sidelines yelling things that could cause... As long as somebody's on the sideline yelling things, no matter what their intentions are, even no matter what spirit is operating, as long as you are looking to the author and the finisher of your faith and he's directing your steps, you can count it joy. So we need to see that that could be a pest that would come to stop us from being fruitful. Okay, so when you're looking at pests, they can come in all different ways. Of course, sickness is a terrible pest. Amen? And disease is a terrible pest. Divorce is a terrible pest. It's an attack that came and the enemy stole something from you. Amen? And it will try to stop you from running the race that God has for you. But see, if the enemy attacks me, and if he wins that that battle, amen? Then, I, then God's going to pick me up, comfort me, clean me off, amen? Put me right back in the race. And now, even when I walk through, he's going to make me an overcomer, amen? And, and so I'll be able to count that thing joy, amen? I'll be able to become who he wants me to be to glorify him. If, if I turn my heart to him, if I turn my heart to him and say, Lord, show me me, show me me, okay? God showing you somebody else is never going to change you. But God showing you you will change you. And we say, well, wait a minute. They, they did all the wrong stuff. Yeah, but you married them. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so there's always the part to go and say, why? What was going on? What happened? What, what was what was I drawn? So you always let God tear it all the way down to the bare, bare bones of it so you can deal with it led by God. But it's always about you, not the other person. Does everybody get that? Until you put that other person in God's hands. So Lord, they belong to you. You're their judge. You're their convictor. You're their Holy Spirit. You're everything. You're not asking me to get involved in figuring out their problems. I just give them to you. But now, Lord, we need to deal with mine. We need to deal with, why was I in that relationship? How did that happen? Lord, how, 
Show me any generational curses involved. Show me, show me anything that allowed that pest in, that demon to come in and do this to me and my family. Then, Lord, show me how this has affected my family. Show me what to do about that, how to heal that. Let me see, Christians should be really busy. Amen? Christians should be really busy. And I'm not saying me, it's, there's so much to see cleaned up. There's so much to see under the blood. There's so much to understand and get free from. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We shouldn't have such a weak church. We shouldn't have so many repeating the same sins. We shouldn't have so many doing the same sins their parents did. Amen? We shouldn't have so much failure. We shouldn't really have some prosperous, really in love with Jesus and great families and marriages kind of thing going on. Do I get an amen? There's no condemnation in Christ. People don't talk about this. You're judging. I'm not judging anybody. I'm just telling you, go talk to God about you. Go talk to God about you. The only one who really talked to you about is you. The only one who is guaranteed to be changed into his image and his likeness is the person who talks to God and wants to be changed into his likeness. Has anybody else come up with the real revelation yet that being changed into his likeness is not that easy? It's actually impossible if he doesn't do it. And it's really, no wonder he calls himself the comforter. Because he's going to have to show you some mad and some stuff. And then when you're weeping and crying, he's going to come and put his arm around you and say, it's okay, Jesus paid for this. Jesus died for this. We're talking about this whole garden thing. And any of these pests, I want you to get this, okay? Don't get confused with what... All right, I heard somebody preach this today. It was really good. Your healing is paid for. Paid in full. Your deliverance is paid for. You being taken out of the kingdom of darkness and put into the kingdom of light has been completely paid for. God's not asking you to pay for it again. Do not get going to Holy Spirit and talking with him and letting him deal with your heart issues as if you're paying for something. So let that sink in. Okay. Let me get this. Listen, listen. If Jesus hadn't paid for it, you couldn't get free. If Jesus hadn't paid for it, you couldn't get healed. You could sit there and go back to what your mother did and generational curses. You could go back to, to how you ate wrong and didn't take care of yourself. You could go back to everything you can even come up with that Holy Spirit could take you through in the real journey, right? But if Jesus Christ hadn't already carried your sorrow and your grief, if he hadn't already paid for your healing by his stripes, if he hadn't already paid for your salvation, none of it would be anything to bring you freedom. Does everybody get that? You're not setting yourself free. He's already done that. What you are doing is getting rid of the lies that keep you into bondage so you're not walking in that freedom. You're not walking in that divine health. You're not walking in that prosperity because something in your race, something in your garden, amen, is stopping you from experiencing what was already paid for. And I need you to get that straight. Otherwise, it becomes self-righteousness. Well, if I do all this right, I'll be healed. 
No, you would not be healed because you do everything right. You can only be healed because Jesus Christ's stripes have already healed you. You have to start every journey from the revelation that as far as God's concerned, I'm healed. Now, I got to agree with him and get healed. As far as God's concerned, I have everything I need to pay my bills. As far as God's concerned, Jesus Christ has already done everything to take you out of darkness and put you in light. He's already done everything to bring you the promises in the word. Amen? Amen? So don't ever forget that. Don't ever get confused with who paid the price. Because you're not paying a price to get free. He paid it. All you're doing is being led by his spirit into that freedom that's been paid for. And without his spirit, you can't do it. Without his spirit, you can't do it. So when we ask, he's an ask, seek, and knock God. So when we ask, seek, and knock about the things of God, about the things going on, does everybody understand this? When I ask and I seek and I knock, then what I'm doing is I'm recognizing I'm not, I'm not living in that healing yet, God. I'm not living in that freedom yet, God. I'm not living. Jesus, you paid for all this, but I'm not living in the reality of what you paid for. And you know what? I want to. I want to live in the reality. Where I want all the spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. Amen? So you can really, you can really say it this way. It's not because of what you do that's going to get you freedom. That's already done. But if you're not living in that freedom because of unbelief, doubt, which come from generational curses, it comes from all these different things, right? Then you need to be led by the Spirit. Amen? Because he's going to lead you. He's going to lead your reality into what Jesus paid for for you. What's been purchased. Your healing has been purchased. Amen? Your eternity, salvation has been purchased. Amen? Your deliverance has been purchased. They're paid for. You're not working to get to it. That becomes self-righteous. Does everybody get the difference? See, that's what's, the things with the things of the, the, the things of the kingdom are, there's just this thin line between if you're in the real race or going through the motions that look like the real race, but because you're not being led of the Spirit, you're not even in the race. Amen? I'm not in the race if I think I have to do all these things to get free. I don't have to do anything to get free. He set me free. But if I'm not living in that reality, I need His Spirit to show me why and how and bring me into the reality that belongs to me as a child of God. Amen? I've, God has already made the way for this. So, so healing... You should look at healing as something that is yours, not something you're trying to earn. Okay, how many know salvation is yours? Because he paid for it. Healing is yours because he paid for it. Deliverance is yours because he paid for it. Amen? Prosperity is yours because he paid for it. Amen? As we're in my house, we're going to serve the Lord because he paid for it. Acts 10.38, Jesus, the one from Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good 
healing all those having been oppressed by the devil because God was with him. So Jesus, what he was saying, this was Bill Johnson was saying this today. So he was saying when he was talking about Acts 10, 38, Jesus, the one from Nazareth, he was saying, God, this is after Jesus, you know, has gone, is at the right hand of the Father, right? But he's showing us that Jesus is called the one from Nazareth so that we recognize that God is showing us through Jesus Christ on the earth, even though he's fully God, he did only what he saw his father doing. What he did, he was led to do. Amen? For one reason, so that we could see what it looks like. We could see we're supposed to be like this. We're supposed to do this. The exact same way he did it. Amen? Led by the Holy Spirit. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. Full of the Holy Spirit. We need to really make best friends with the Holy Spirit, people. We need to really, really, really get completely 100% dependent upon the Holy Spirit. He really is, if you want to say, the engine inside of you that should be behind everything you do. Amen? And of course, he's much more than an engine, but he's the power behind everything we do. It says, Jesus was anointed. Remember, we're talking about anointed. Amen? We need to be anointed. Jesus was anointed. If you study Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will see that Jesus liked to get away alone with the Father. He liked to go talk with God. When something hit him and maybe even surprised him or, or just really hit him and troubled him, he says he was troubled in spirit, when that would happen, he would get, try to get away from everybody and go be alone with God. Amen? So Jesus, that's God, the Son of God, Jesus himself, in flesh, which means he wasn't just zipping the doodah back and forth to heaven. Which that ought to tell us something right there. He could. We saw him in the transfiguration, but it wasn't his day-to-day -day routine. We're on earth now, people. We're supposed to be on earth now. Amen? And we have the Holy Spirit in us on earth now to do the will of the Father, to be light and darkness, to lead people into freedom. Amen? That's what we're called to do. Every one of us is called to be ministers of reconciliation. We have got to quit staying in the same little bogged up problems and start shining. Amen? We need to really start glorifying God. We need to get this other stuff under the blood, get over it, get over yourself, and let's do what needs to be done now more than ever. Amen? So he, God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now the Holy Spirit is where power comes from. Amen? And remember the whole demonstration about the oil. And so if you want to see how do I get anointed with the Holy Spirit and power, you actually see how Jesus did it. He only did what he saw his father doing. You could always see he loved, loved, loved being with the father. He loved the word of God. He quoted scripture all the time. Amen. He used scripture in everything he said. And then he made it in the gospel what we look into. Amen. But he constantly went back and talked about Moses. He talked about the, the Old Testament, the scriptures of that day. Amen. Even as they were in process of writing, if you want to say, the author of the scriptures of the New Covenant. Amen? 
He went about doing good, and he healed all those who were oppressed by the devil, because God was with him. So we are supposed to be healing all of those who are oppressed by the devil, because God's with us. So what's one thing the church has got to wake up and recognize, and we have to recognize? Those little critters we're talking about are devils. Amen? They're devils, and they're oppressed, and they attack, and they try to destroy our fruitfulness that glorify God. And we have to take them serious. And we ought, the other thing we need to get to is the fact somebody, don't you want to glorify God? Don't you want to glorify God? Do you really want to just barely get into heaven and not hear, well done, good and faithful servant? Do you really want to just barely get into heaven and have nothing to lay at his feet? Does everybody know he did all this because he does love us, but he actually did it for his glory? True worship recognizes he deserves the glory. True, rec- true worship recognizes he, he, he deserves me to be healed. I need to be healed. I need to be healthy. I need to be strong in who he is so people will know he's real. Amen? I need to quit making this about me. And I need to really see that this is about him. What I do, when I do it, why I do it, how I do it, what I walk in, what I say, where I go, everything. If I rest or if I... It's got to be about him. For his glory. So when I wake up, it's like, Lord, what do you want? I say this to the Holy Spirit, what do you want to do today? We didn't do anything mind-boggling. We did some bug thinking. <laughs> Amen. He says, everything you do that he's not in charge of you doing is filthy rags. means nothing. means absolutely nothing. Somebody is going to get more rewards just going to the beach with Jesus if, he, if he's hanging out with them and that's their day to go and just hang out with him than somebody who's out doing a truckload of things that's in their flesh. See, God knows if I can bring my whole body together, if they can really work led by my spirit, think of what could be done, you guys. Think of what could be done. In this church, we need to start thinking about that. People, it's time for you to rise up and say, hey, I am called to help out, and I want, when are we going to start feeding people? When are we going to do this? It's time to just begin to ask God, what do you want me to do as part of the body? What do you want me to do, God? How do I do it? What do I do it? How do I step out in it? What is it you have for me? Amen? Get rid of the world's way of waiting for somebody to call your name and promote you. Let God order your steps and then say, hey, can we... Very few people have ever called me and said, hey, can we do this? And I said, no. Amen? But if you're waiting for me to start something new and be all involved with it, and then you come along and do a little bit, it's not happening. It's time for you to see what you're called to do before you stand before the Lord. Amen? It's time for you to see what visions he's given you and what things he's given you to do for his glory, and you begin to do them. Amen? 
And yes, if you're not anointed or you're messed up or whatever, I'm not going to let you. I'm going to help you get free. Amen? Why? Because I have discernment. It doesn't mean we have to be perfect, thank God, before we start doing anything. It does mean we have to have the right spirit operating. Amen? So Lord, show me. Help. Show me what to do. Show me how to do it. How do I use my gift? I will promise you this. Until you start doing something with what you have, you'll get nothing else. And the Bible is really clear. If you don't start doing something with what you have, even what you have is going to take from you and give to someone else. Quit letting the pest take your fruitfulness. Let me tell you, fruitfulness looks like something. Fruitfulness looks like something. There's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, long-suffering, patience. Amen? But can't we say that love looks like something? Love looks like serving somebody. Love looks like helping somebody. Love looks like praying for somebody. Love looks like deliverance. Amen? Love looks like good preaching that changes somebody's life. Okay, so we get this cutesy, almost worldly idea of what love is. Love, joy. Joy looks like something. Joy is an anointing. Joy breaks down heaviness. Joy, joy sets an, an atmosphere in worship and praise that, that gladly invites the Holy Spirit in to set people free from oppression and depression. Amen? Peace. Peace feels like something. Peace feels like somebody who's no longer tormented. Amen? Peace feels like pouring into somebody because you have peace and you can hear God in your peace and you can help somebody else. Goodness, kindness, long-suffering, patience, all these things, they aren't just cute words. They all have a fruitfulness. They're fruit of the Holy Spirit. In other words, you can only really walk in this if you are yielded to the Holy Spirit and he's changing you, amen? But they're going to produce something that benefits others. Amen? They're going to produce something that benefits God loves a big harvest. I'm already giving away some tomatoes and peppers. Amen? I just want you to see this. A real harvest isn't just about you and your little self. A real harvest is going to be about you, your family, your close friends, your church family. And then if we can actually start getting a big harvest, guess what? We're going to be doing more for the community. This church has a big harvest for our size of a church in the nations. Amen? But man, you give the nations something and they go for it. The Americans are really pretty selfish as a culture. Amen? We want, it, we want God to shake that. We want to see. I want you to stop and think about the things that you've done in the past, here or other churches, whoever, that God really put on your heart to do. Why aren't you doing them now if you're not? Shouldn't by now there be an increase, not a decrease? Amen? Now, for some people, there is. Thank God, right? I want people to really begin to start getting vision. Lord, what do you want me to do? And how do you want me to do it? And I can't wait to do it. Give me the grace to do it. Give me the excitement to do it. Amen? Amen? I'm going to trust them to do these things. Now, if you love this teaching, and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster, Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us. 
come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you. <laughs>